pandemonium reigns. The General Robert Nealon showed his true allegiance on Saturday. The Yale leaders from the Aggies tried to declare that he is an Aggie, but he's not. He is very much a volunteer to the tune of 20 to 13. Tennessee, 20. Aggies, 13. What a wild ride that was. This is Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He's Mike. We're going to talk about it. What a freaking roller coaster on Saturday, dude. Ah. Uh. You know, I went so far as to look at my heart rate data from my watch, and I was disappointed because it. I th- well, I think I broke the data. Basically, is what happened because uh, there was nothing out of the ordinary. But that is not the feeling that I got inside these bones, and my goodness, the palpitations that were happening throughout that game, even early. Uh, when I just going ahead and ripping off the bandit here, let's get into it a little bit. When when A and M when when Tennessee punted. AM scored and Tennessee turned it over on downs, I believe was the next sequence. Mm-hmm. There goes the heart rate. Blood pressure's up. We're cooking. We're looking ugly. And yeah. did that game flip. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 So, so let, let's just kind of dive into this as, as you're saying. I'll, let's talk about what everybody's talking about. Let's talk about Joe. Yeah. Let's get that out the way, I think. Let's, let's talk about Joe. I, I, I can't figure this dude out, man. I cannot figure him out. He he's got all the dang talent in the world, and he just has some some boneheaded moments, as if as if the moment is just bigger than he is, and uh, he's like a deer in headlights. I'm not going to understand. Ole Miss twenty one not putting the ball in the air. I'm not going to understand that. I'm not going to understand a free play. And he knew it was offsides, dude. That's why he, I mean, you, you could tell by his body language. Yep. If you're going to run, get the first down. You are yep. 6'5, 240. You had this moment, bro, where you talked about going home to Pacahoochee, Florida, wherever it is you're from, and looking in the mirror and saying, God has given you this frame at 6'5, 240. Put your shoulder down. Why did it take you until the third quarter to have that, to have that mindset? It's a free play. If you're not going to, then throw it. If it gets picked, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and what yeah, bothered man. me even more, sorry, sorry, let me cut you off real quick. Yeah, what no. bothered me even more, AM turns around and Max Johnson runs around like it's backyard football to find the end zone. And Joe's just like, I don't know, man. That that was that was probably the most frustrating sequence of events for me. Yeah, that and the the fourth down play, which I think again was Tennessee's second drive, if I'm if I'm not forgetting. The fourth down, the crazy formation. You had Sampson, I think, maybe Jalen Wright, I think it was Sampson though, to basically the line of game, and you had a receiver, maybe Keaton, you know, five, ten yards deeper. I wonder if the spacing was off there and, and that was part of his confusion. But you have him run himself out of room and then put the ball in the air with nobody at all ever having a chance. I, now, look, let me let me say this. I think there was a quick moment, a brief moment, like you got to make the decision, throw the ball accurately in a window where he could have got it to Dylan Sampson, I think, with three to five yards to gain, you know, mm-hmm. reasonably. It was, it was well covered, but you can't do that. You can't choose option C and do neither. You either run, you, you run and lower the shoulder the way you did later in the game, taking out two Aggies, by the way, in the yeah. process. 
Yeah. Or you throw it and give your guy a chance before you reach the the out of bounds line. It, it's real simple. He 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 missed a window as far as time goes in order to throw the ball, and by the time it was too late, he made an even worse decision just by you know threading a needle, dude. You it's fourth down. You've you've got to put the ball in the air if it gets picked. It's fourth down. It's it's fourth yeah. down. I I just don't have many words. And this was was this not my fear? I mean, give me some credit here, dude. Was this not my fear going in? On like he's got. A, does he have it between the ears? And I, I said on the uh, the TikTok and the Instagram, it's always funny to reference TikTok. Like, yeah, we run a TikTok. Anyway, whatever. Um, here we are back to this conversation on Joe. Like, who is he? You know, what's he capable of? And and for the for the guys out there saying it's time, you need to pull him. We need to ride with Nico. Are you really going to tell me you're going to run with Nico? In Tuscaloosa. Is that really what you're telling me? I, I think that is stupidity. And and here's here's the part that sucks about that, dude, is we've missed that window. We've missed we've I think you nailed this in a text thread. Um that 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 opportunity was yesterday. Yesterday being the past. You don't miss that window. Um he, he should have gotten more time in Austin P. He should have gotten more time against Virginia. But here we are. Here we are. Uh, and 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 one of the, I know that I sound uber negative about the about this whole situation right now, but I, I'm just so dang frustrated because I, I'm, dude, I I feel like what I'm about to say is gonna is gonna send you through the roof. Maybe. I think in this offense, Jarrett Gorantano would do better. No, that doesn't even make me mad. It really doesn't because I'm and, I'm, and I I don't want to put anybody down. Even even if I was to put Jarrett Gorantano down, I don't want to do that because. We've done enough of that, you know. But look at who Hendon Hooker was coming into this offense. Yeah, oh, sure. He was He was not a Heisman candidate coming into this offense. Nobody can tell me that. Now, great athlete, great athlete, yeah. obviously a good passer. He was not a Heisman candidate coming into this offense. There's a reason, I think, I think there's a valid reason that Joe Milton beat him out in 2021, other than freakish arm strength. I, I really do. Yeah. And, and nobody, nobody gets practice access. Once the rubber hits the road, once the the competition starts, once it's not routes on air, yeah. no one gets to see that. Yeah. Okay, so you're correct. I think you're totally correct because Hen Hooker was no Heisman candidate coming in here. Joe Milton lost job, after, you know, lost the job in Michigan. Did not perform well at Michigan. I don't think you can put Joe in a box like that. I think if Joe Milton is to succeed, that it needs to be in an offense like this where there is Agreed. creativity, where there is flexibility in the routes that are ran, where it's a couple of off, of offensive gurus in the sense that Josh Hopple's done this for a long time. This is the worst quarterback play that he's had. Halsley's been with him for a long time, 15 plus years. So he gets looped right into that. If, if you're, if you're asking me, mm-hmm. Alex Golish, even being the offensive coordinator didn't work with the quarterbacks. Halsley has been the quarterback's coach. So it's not like I could point the finger at, you know, staff changes for this issue. Right. It's. I think now. I do think there's levels to it in the sense that the receivers, they're not holding up much of their bargain at all from what we expected. They are not holding That's up fair. much to any of it. That's fair. And and look, Joe was 11 of 22, 50 percent exactly, with some terrible throws, with a couple drops. That's been a consistent theme. Uh, another drop touchdown from Ramel Keaton. We're not going there right now, but but I, I just don't get it, man. And I think you're 100 percent correct, Jared Garantano. I don't know, could succeed in this offense. 
I listened to Locked on Vols this morning. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a it's basically a stat that he threw out. You're gonna you're gonna love this. Four of the five lowest scoring games in Hypel's time at Tennessee have been with Joe at quarterback. Um, the one that's not Joe is Hendon Hooker, Pittsburgh, 2022. Uh, so we got Bowling Green, 2021. That might be the 21 game. That might be a, um, um, uh, a mess up from him. Uh, Bowling Green, 2021. Clemson, the Orange Bowl, which he played excellent. So I'm not actually going to hold that one against him. No. Uh, Austin P. That should be held against him. Yes. And then Texas A&M. Yeah, uh, I, I do think something's a little bit off there because of Georgia 2022, for one. Um, that was an extremely mm-hmm. low-scoring game um, where Tennessee scored 13, I believe. Um, but, like yeah, that. no, I mean, I, I just can't – I don't understand how he looked so much – I don't know if this is even – I'm making stuff, stuff up at this point. He looked mentally free when he would come in last year and Tennessee was up. He was not QB1. There was no pressure. Uh, even but even against Clemson, that's what I can't get. That's what I cannot wrap my head around. Is how did he how did he put that performance together against Clemson? And let's also acknowledge that it was the second half when things really really clicked for Tennessee offensively in that game. Yes, we scored points in the first half, but I, I just don't know how we go from that. And and obviously, like you just said, there was no pressure in garbage time. There never is. But he wasn't making these mistakes in those moments. He didn't make those mistakes against Clemson. If he did, it was so minimal that I don't remember it. Hmm. And his best game of the season at this point is week one against Virginia, which not that they're a good team, but like we've said as well, the talent difference, Austin P might've been better to make Joe look like that. You can't, you can't convince me that it's something with him Absolutely. and the receivers. Absolutely. UTSA, he looked better until the neat week. No reason to revisit it. Florida. He played better against Florida really than he played Saturday, I would say. There's an argument there. Yeah, there's an yeah, argument there. Sure, sure. The, the pick was awful against Florida. The pick was horrendous against Texas A&M. Yes, absolutely horrendous. And uh, referencing the Orange Bowl just for a minute, did, did we get a preview back in December, January, whenever that game was played of what Clemson was about to be in 2023? I mean, so there's that that one thing that we have to consider. Like they, yeah, yeah, they're they're not up. They're I don't want to say they're not good. They're not Clemson good. Hey, hey, I've got the perfect example. They're they're a version of Texas A and M is what they are. They're uber talented. Every <laughs> position they're uber talented, yeah. and, and they're just they're just not. No one consistently is living up to that billing. In fact, for both teams, the guys that are living up to that billing the most are the defensive fronts. Uh, to an extent, for Clemson, they're they're better in the secondary. I would say they're they're as good or better at linebacker. Although Texas mm-hmm. A&M has some dudes at linebacker, yes. um, and then the offensive lines are probably pretty consistent because you know in the Clemson game you had Aaron Beasley absolutely making life miserable for for Kay Klubnik, and in this game it was it was a bevy of dudes led by James Pierce making Max Johnson's day horrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, but we're talking about this 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 no pressure Joe, like how he thrives in the moments that don't matter. Another reference that I want to make to the Orange Bowl is, you know, for these current players, the bowl games don't they don't mean uh, to them what they mean to like you and I, right? Oh, I mean, absolutely. So so there's there's that factor as well, which I I do think is a variable here. Yeah, but nonetheless, 
Joe, uh, statistics, I believe, if I remember right, it was 11 for 22. Yeah. For 100 yards, a touchdown, and an atrocious pick. I, on the rapid reaction, I said, imagine if we could put the ball in the air in that game. You put 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 last year's defense. I'm sorry, this year's defense on last year's offense. Put Hendon Hooker on this team with the guys that are on this team. Put you know, give me any number of variables. I mean, look, we. I, I think I joked more so about it earlier uh, that Joe is kind of Kelly Bryant, and I'm not at all saying that that Nico is Trevor Lawrence, but Joe really, really looks like Kelly Bryant right now. I would even take Kelly Bryant's passing and decision making to an extent if not decidedly, over Joe Milton's at the moment. Um, and, and just to kind of talk about Nico another another brief second, yeah, I mean, you've missed the window right now. You've missed the window in, in the, the cleanup time that should have been provided for him early in the season. Uh, it was way too late in Virginia. It was late in UTSA. We didn't even give him a chance against Austin P, which is so silly. Um, but now you're looking at – basically, if you get to Nico at this point, you're either – way up on an opponent like UK or Missouri or Connecticut, which absolutely should happen, or Joe has performed so bad in Tuscaloosa and in Lexington that it comes to Nico time. That's, those are your options. Let's say that – let's say that Nico starts UConn. Yeah. And we just say bump it, you know, whether we, whether we split to Alabama, Kentucky, one and one, oh and two, two and oh, whatever, whatever. Let's say Nico starts UConn, all right? Yeah. And does serviceable. 12 for 21, a buck 89, touchdown, something like that. Okay. Are you really going to continue that with a trip to Columbia, Missouri? Missouri's making a case for the second best, best team in the division. They're making an argument. I'm not saying that they are. I'm not saying that they are, but there's people – who get paid a lot of money? Who who believe that they are? They're 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 playing really well. Say what you want to, consider the competition. I don't care. Are you, you going to do that? You know it's going to be a night game. <laughs> well, I think we said it on here that Kentucky was going to be a night game. Well, it is seven. It's a night game. Kick time for that game. It's going to be a night game at Missouri, unless I don't know what happens. It would take some really weird losses for both teams to make that a noon. It's not going to be CBS three thirty unless the slate is just That'd miserable that day, which. Which can happen in November. Let's not let's not say it can't. Uh, you know that there's some bad. There's a couple of bad weeks where where there's UConn for other teams in the SEC and things like that. But look to to Mizzou's point, they are fourth in the conference with points per game at thirty three point nine, one slot ahead and a few decimal points ahead of Tennessee in that category. They are not doing so hot rushing the ball, uh, but their pass game is ranked at fifth currently in the conference yards per game. So yeah, that. Not going to be a tough environment, but it's absolutely a game that you cannot go mess around in. Oh, you'll lose it. I mean, Brady Cook's playing out of his mind. Luther Burden is always going to be a problem. That that's that's a very losable game if if we get the type of performance out of quarterback that we just did. And then let's say let's say he goes to Missouri and, and you know squeaks out a win by you know a last second field goal or whatever. You can turn around and host Georgia with that. I mean, really? <laughs> no, absolutely. You don't look if you want to turn. And I'm very sorry again. This is so so harsh, but if you want to turn Nico into Justin Worley or Nathan Peterman, let his first experience come in Tuscaloosa or against uh, Georgia's defense at home. If yeah. you want to turn him into Justin Worley, yeah. if you want to yeah. 
kill his mindset and you want to make him think that that's the norm, go ahead and do it. He, you, you know, you only gave him an $8 million NIL deal. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. I'm going to, let me, let me set this up real quick. So the, if Nico was that much better, right, it would show in practice and like, it would be, it would, the writing would be on the wall. My only argument to that is Joe was going to ride with, or excuse me, Hopple was going to ride with Joe in 21 until he went down. I think so. At this point, I think so. If Joe doesn't get hurt, that's a total mismanagement of, I mean, so my only argument to the Nico thing is, is Hendon Hooker sitting on the bench? Yeah, or I mean, is something better sitting on the bench? Can Heupel recognize it? Because he didn't recognize it September of 2021. 100% agree. To, you know, I, and I'm not, look, I've got a literal notepad, one a whole note sheet full of good and bad from this game. Okay. I'm also going to mention that at the same time that we have these issues on offense, and I'm including the receivers here, and I'm up like, okay, let's just say this. The bad from that game was your quarterback and your receiver play. For the most part, that's your bad play. The running back's terrific. Offensive line, more than enough from the offensive line. That was so, so much worse than last year to start this season. You're not getting plays made from your wide receivers. You're not even – you're not getting any yards after the catch. And, look, Brew – was unless you hit one of the, the fast guys going down the field, Brew is your yards after the catch guy. Let's acknowledge that. He's yeah. going to drive somebody five, ten yards. He's going to drag a couple guys. Doing all these things, you're considering all these facts that the pass game is struggling in ways that Hopple has never struggled with the pass game. You're still not giving D. Williams a chance on offense. A screen pass. A, a jet sweep. You're still not doing these things. He saved your butt on Saturday. Player of the game, man. Player of the game. Him and James Pierce, players of the game, hands down. Apparently, he was asked post game. Did you hear about this? I did. I'm not he, sure. He was. Do you, Do you know what the how they framed that question? He he was he was asked if he's been lobbying for for a spot on offense, and he says yes, he absolutely has, and that he thinks that the moment will come soon, and that he'll be ready when it does come. And and look, you can't tell me he won't be ready. The, Number look, no, you know, you know the importance. You and I know the importance of the number twelve on Texas AM football team. Mm-hmm. He made number twelve look silly on that part. Silly. Return. Yeah. Silly rabbit. <laughs> I mean, looked at me. And I loved it. That was awesome. It was awesome. That was awesome. All right. Well, <clears throat> Joe is what he is at this point. I think we know. Absolutely. I think we all know. Um, and it's just a matter of come Saturday, what Joe do we get? You know. Uh, you mentioned receiver play, 11 catches, 100 yards. Chad Nimrod led in catches and yards. Nobody saw that coming. Our long nice response, nice response from the redshirt freshman there. Yeah, Making for sure. tough catches in traffic. For sure. for sure. But our long, longest play through the year, 17, 17 yards. yards. I mean, Joe himself had a rush for 19. That's longer. Jalen Wright had a, had a rush for, for 23. So, so let's let's shift to rushing for just for a second. Oh yeah! If we could put the ball in the air, imagine imagine the possibilities. After still rushing for two hundred and thirty-two yards against a defense that was holding opponents to an eighty-four yard average. And and let's acknowledge and just playing off that they're allowing eighty-four yards on average. We we talked about how sacks were skewing that number down. 
Yeah. They sacked Joe three times on something like 25 dropbacks, only three sacks, which is credit Glenn Ellerby, credit offensive line. Nice job because yeah. the pass game was was putrid, as we're saying. And then the running backs, talk, led by Jalen Wright, 230 yards on the ground. Yeah, dude. Let's let's say that number skewed down from like 110 to 84. That's pretty extreme. 25 yards of sacks. That's pretty extreme. Yeah, dude. That, that's a lot of that's a lot of flexibility I'm giving their defense right there. And we we outdid that by 120. And they knew it was coming a lot of times. Outrageous. Outrageous. And and also I'm going to criticize DJ Durkin for a minute. Um, there was a comment floating around online. I, surely he didn't make it. Surely it was one of those made up things that that you just don't see coaches say because it was. Silly talking about not hearing, you know, Rocky Top things like that. Mm. Uh, you know, they're we're, they're not going to be hearing Rocky Top. You don't do that. If, you know, I don't think he would do that. He's been a head coach, uh, although a bad one. Um, what kind of guy doesn't load the box a little bit more by say the start of the second quarter in that game? I'm pretty sure I have a text from you at halftime saying if they don't do this, they're stupid, bro. I mean, look, there was a couple of sequences where they did look. Ollie Lane had a hold. Joe did get sacked in one of his three sacks. We did have a negative play second and 15 or 18, and we run for 15 or 17 yards. What are y'all doing? Yeah. Your your sentence there was incomplete. Ollie Lane had a hold again. <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. You're, when is when is Andre Cart back? I'm, Not I'm soon so enough. sorry. Not Ollie, soon I, enough. I'm, I appreciate your effort, man. Not soon enough. My, hey. my, my. Check out this uh, uh, this stat provided by Brent Hubs. 294 yards of Jalen Wright's um, season rushing yards this year, which I believe he's now over 500, came after contact. 294 after contact, bro. After. Yeah, he's at 570 on the year. Yeah, 294 so, of 570 after contact. So 52% of his yards are after contact. He's gone, bro. <laughs> he's if, absolutely gone. Yeah. I, I saw another thing where, and and I don't think, I don't think Raheem Sanders played a lot in this game. I can see it for sure, and obviously with the other guys. But there was a stat that uh, someone put out, and I'll, I'll try to find it in just a minute. But Jalen Wright exceeded what Jace McClellan did, what Raheem Rocket Sanders did, and what Jarquez Hunter did combined. Nice in their respective games against nice. Texas A and M. He exceeded nice. it in his in the lone game that we had Saturday. Nice. Now, I do think that one thing that really went our way, and I don't know that these numbers hit the 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 ceiling that they did. If Edron Cooper doesn't get hurt, this, this that dude was a was a one man wrecking ball. He was he causing was all over some kinds of he issues. Was, he was all up in the gap, whatever yeah. gap that Jalen decided to go through. He was there. He was coming around the backside if he had to. Uh, that stat that I provided a minute ago, courtesy of Jack Foster Media at Jack Foster Media on Twitter slash X. Yeah, Edgar and Cooper was a dog for them. I mean, again, this this is if you're Joe, this is why you run physically. These this is why you do those things because you you make them think about it when they go to tackle you. Oh yeah. my gosh, she's going to run me over. I've got to make a business decision. I got to get out of yeah. the way. Yeah. Let me try to take him down by his shoestrings, not by his you know full frame coming full head of steam at you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know oh, good. Oh no, sorry. Just want to throw this in while we're on the topic. I appreciate the the calls of the quarterback draws. Of anytime Joe did decide to to get going on a pass play, thank you. We've been waiting for it. We've been asking for it. Didn't work every time. Never going to. Uh, Hopper was heavily critical of himself and mm-hmm. the game that they called fourth down, third down decisions. 
thank you. Thank you for the quarterback draws. Yeah. Put them in, put them in the game plan for Saturday. Yeah. If they work for zero, three yards, run them. You yeah. have to. Yeah. I believe that 23 yard run actually from Joe actually came on a neat little speed option with the receiver from the backside of the play coming in for that option pitch. And he just, and he just held onto it. You yep. mentioned the draws though. I was just about to say this, like, don't show me another quarterback draw with Joe. Show me oh. a quarterback power. No, I, that's the first time all year that it's kind of been there. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also the most attempts that we've given it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but why not a quarterback power? Why not um, a read option of some sort? I mean, I'm uh, good with he, it. I'm he's here not, for it. At this point, at this point, especially with Obama on deck, you you better throw some stuff at them and make them def- defend all the things because as good as this A&M defense is on paper, Bama's defense is better on the field. I yeah, don't care what yes. I don't care what the stats say. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, because they probably don't they probably don't match Texas A&M statistically right now. They, they probably don't. Where Texas A&M is skewed down to numbers like allowing 84 rush yards per game, they played Texas and they got abused by Texas at moments. Yeah. Um, you know, and 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 credit to to A&M because they did play Miami. We talked about that. They they held Alabama in check except for the explosive pass play down the field, uh, which, again, is a shame that Joe couldn't take advantage of that. It's a real shame. Yeah, It's pretty unexcusable, but we're, I'm kind of moving on from Joe at this point. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm totally wouldn't. One more thing on Joe. I'm sorry, one more thing. No, if you're fine. If Ramel catches that ball and scores, are we saying anything different about Joe? Is the narrative the same? No, um, because, yeah. because that was a brilliant – Brilliant play design. Credit to Joe for for putting air under it. I mean, Ramel had to take like a sidestep to adjust to it. I'm not at all at all excusing Ramel on that. That's a play call, though, is what that is. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, you got him. You got him behind the defense in in a short yarded situation, and it wasn't just a, a vertical where he put a move on a guy like I asked for him to do, and he couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah. No kidding. All right, no kidding. All right, here comes the fun stuff. Defense. Yes. Who would have thunk going in this year? We were talking about how elite our defense is playing, and and I, and I don't use that lightly. Uh, check this out, Pierce. He's the highest graded defensive lineman in the conference, according to PFF, grading out at ninety one point six thus far. That is an elite grade, bro. Check this out. It only gets better. Hadn't. Yeah. <laughs> Haddon, he's grading out in coverage at 90.3. Guess where that ranks in the DBs in the conference? First. First. Uh, Haddon, I am I'm sorry. Uh, here's my Yeah, you apology. all had an apology. <laughs> uh, here's my verbal apology. I've not got around to the written one yet. It's, it's in the mail, uh, or it will be in the mail later this week. I'm very sorry. He's playing the pass better than he's ever done, and – he played the pass so poorly against Texas. Uh, no, no, no. Austin P. Excuse me. He played the pass poorly. Yeah. Got himself hit with a couple PIs. And look, he followed that up with the play at Florida. So again, I'm sorry. What a bounce back. Being in a position to take advantage of Spencer Rattler's throw. Batting the yourself against uh, Max Johnson and Texas A&M. That was nasty, yeah. is what yeah. that was. Yeah. And it was helped by the pass rush, but we're taking advantage of it. We're not giving up the bomb as the quarterback gets hit. We're we're holding them to the sticks if they do make the catch. They're, yeah, they didn't have a lot of yak either. And and look here, okay, Evan Stewart, 
four for 48. Anaya Smith, one for 20. Moose Muhammad, who is like, I'm going to say he's got like a, a, a sprinkle of Jawan Jennings, a little bit of move the chains in his game. Mm, yeah. Two for 11. Yeah. That's yeah. elite. That's elite secondary play that is only helped and, and really made possible by your defensive front, mainly by James Pierce. The dude only played 34 of 68 snaps per Ryan Sylvia. Uh, and his grade up for the game was 92.2. That's absolutely elite, just like you're saying. Um, I mean, what a bounce back. What a breakout for James Pierce. All the things that we talked about with the stats when a preview of this game ran long, boy, are they only looking true. Is there anybody else that you want to apologize to? Tim Banks, uh, Willie Martinez. Uh, and you know, there, and look early in that game, I still had some remarks for Willie Martinez. I now recognize because my heart rate, my blood pressure is much lower mm. to Mary McDonald. Look, it was, I think it was a slot fade. Nickel is so hard to play and, and Theo Jackson excelled at it. Who would have seen that coming to Mary McDonald's not been bad last year. He was one of your better secondary players. Yeah. He got beat on a couple tough throws and, and look, I would, I would certainly prefer it if his head is facing the quarterback, if he's turned that head by the time it gets there, but mm-hmm. man, if 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 their best, or, or let me say this, if their most explosive plays down the field were were slot fl- slot fades and 50-50 scenarios, <laughs> you're going to get beat. That's the nature of the secondary positions. Well, that ball placement, well, that was not a 50-50 ball. That, no, that it was ball perfectly was placed. placed. Yeah, 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 that ball was placed where only he could get it. Um, man, defense. I mean, you're raving about it. James Pierce, we we talked about this. I threw all this stuff at you going into this game about his potential and what he can do in a year. Adds another sack to his resume, putting him putting him now at six with Alabama, um, and we won't face. Okay, so Alabama. What are my words here? What are my words? Nobody's been sacked more out of the opponents that remain on our schedule. Nobody's been sacked more, and that kid from Arkansas had a field day. Uh, I think he at least had two. Uh, he was yeah. co-defensive lineman of the week with James Pierce. So uh, there's that. I like his trajectory to be a, a uh, all-time single-season sack record um, holder. Sorry, words there. Uh, by the time the season comes to an end, like his odds, man. Man, he's he's going to fly up draft boards. He's got a full another season of doing what he's doing right now. While while he's doing that, your guys on the other end, your your Joshua Josephs, your your guys that haven't even seen the field yet, they're only getting stronger and better. Someone's going to have to take Tyler Barron's place probably because he's playing his best ball uh, right now. We're positioned to do that, man. We're we're positioned mm-hmm. to replace guys on the defensive line like we've not been positioned to do in some time. Yeah, I mean, think about yeah. it. We know we haven't seen much as much as arguably as we saw from Tyree West last year in his freshman campaign. Yeah. We're only going to see more of him. Bryson Easton's got another year back if he wants it. I mean, we're positioned really well. This is the way, if you're going to if you're gonna quick fix your defense, there's no other way to do it. It's it's via the pass rush, okay? And and massive credit to Rodney Garner. I mean, he's underpaid. Double his salary, triple it, I don't care. Do it now. But but Tim Banks – my only complaint is is, and I've got a couple examples written down if I can find them, but there were a couple second and third longs where it's like we just, I, I think it's honestly, I think it's when we went zone is is really what it may boil down to, and and again they did the exact same same thing that I previewed, 
finding the guy at the stick, you know what I mean? Or getting yeah. just enough to pick up the second or third, you know, and long. Uh, but overall, brilliant, brilliant job. Never in my wildest imaginations would I have thought we could have done that to Texas A&M um, or even the stuff we've done this point in the year. Even South Carolina, who's been very sus at that position. Yeah, um, you. I just want to point out that your magic number for sacks to win that game was three, and we had yep. two. You're absolutely correct. I said we needed the three. Um, and, you know, the two, what was that? That Was that Barron getting the other one alongside yeah. Pierce? Yep. Well, so that's not even taking into account. I don't think I don't think it's taking into the to account the butt sack, if you will, where James Pierce pile yeah. drove that that right tackle in. Yeah. Uh, because I think he had another true clean sack where he literally just swapped Max Johnson down to the ground. Um, Max Johnson getting tripped up by his offensive lineman on fourth and short. Man. Jimbo can't get it right on fourth and short, man. He just can't. Missing a yeah. long field goal from 50 or 51 uh, with a pretty reliable kicker. And on a windy day, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. It's a windy day. Sure. Uh, and and look, the breaks. I'm not trying to be you know cliche. Tennessee took advantage of the breaks. Every single one of them, just about, they took advantage of the breaks. Really? Defensively. Let me let me okay. let me say defensively. <laughs> okay. Okay. My, you know where my mind went, right? Offensively. Yeah. I, I realized yeah. that I left that out now. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, let's start to land this plane unless you've got anything else that you wanted to cover. Not too much. Um, you know, all the, all the talk about the offense, all the, the, the hopes and dreams and aspirations that we had for this, this past game, what it could have been. Um, there's not a scenario in the world where you don't take four and two start in 21, six and zero start in 2022, five point. and one start in 2023. There's not That's a scenario a in the point. world where you don't take that or your first three game win streak against the SEC West since 2001 or 2000. Um, there's just not a scenario in the world where you don't take those. And and that win on Saturday, that against against a talented opponent like that, there's not an example prior to the late former era. You can't convince me. Yeah, you know that's fair. Butch. Butch and Pruitt's first wins at Missouri. Talk, talk about Missouri's talent versus what Texas A&M has right now. Oh, for sure, for sure, deep for sure. Defensive struggle to the to the most extensive degree you'll ever see, and we haven't won a game like that in like two decades. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. And and consider this: nine and three is very realistically back on the table. Exactly, we're we're, we're positioning our like like I talked about, man, just. So much importance on that game. Like second place in the SCs could have been out, you know, out the door mm-hmm. with a loss in that game because I'm not feeling good about Kentucky, Missouri, et cetera. You know, even though Kentucky looks like trash again, I'm not feeling good about those games if we lose that game on Saturday, especially if it went the trajectory of, of Texas AM's first touchdown drive. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what a response, what a way to find a win. And and just gonna my you know, really my last thing is massive, massive respect to Hopel for his self-criticism, his humility. Uh, talking about messing up some of those third and fourth downs. Yeah. Thank you. I, I can't I can't appreciate that enough. You know, even yeah. even someone like Rick Barnes doesn't do that quite as well. <laughs> uh, you know, there's obviously terrible examples out there while Alan Jones looking at you. But yeah. thank you, Hopple. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for owning those and, and winning while doing it. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Um <clears throat> second the division is possible. Nine and three is still possible. Uh, with as bad as Joe has been, man. Uh, so landing this plane, I want to I want to end this uh, this way. I predict a 
predicted a 31-27 final. Real quick before I get to yours, this is the first game in the Heupel era, in Heupel's head coaching era, not just at Tennessee, at UCF as well, where he has won a game scoring less than 30 points. Uh, the final was 20-13. to 13. You said 27-19, to 19, which is just eerily close, man. Wickedly close. So many scenarios where that could have been the case if an offense didn't have a hold or shoot itself yeah. in the foot. So yeah. Just one time less yeah. than it did. I mean, yeah. I was I, mean, I was right there at it. Uh, you know, I can't actually be done yet. Time of possession, 29, and 29 minutes, 12 seconds for Tennessee, 30-48 for Texas A&M. It will never again in any normal year under Hop will be that close. And that's that's just a huge testament to this offensive line. For sure. For sure. Uh, I mean, consider consider your score, 27-19. If, if Ramel catches that ball and scores, and maybe at the end where they call that face mask on us and that allows them to get a late score. I mean, whatever. It's It, it was really – it was almost like it was Ramel Keaton's hands and it just fell to the floor. 100%, man. Well, nonetheless, balls. Uh, we need to need to take this win, enjoy it. I mean, you've now got a three-game streak on West opponents, which we would have killed for, killed for in the Butch era in in the Pruitt. We'd killed to be in this scenario. We're in a scenario. Uh, good teams find ways to win when things don't go their way. This is a game that we've been on the opposite end of so many times. Not this last Saturday. Came out on top to the tune of 20 to 13. This is Pandemonium Range. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We love doing this with you. Uh, we continue to grow. Uh, thank you guys for that. Uh, we're going to end this episode with a thank you to our sponsor. We love you guys. Have a great week. God bless. Go balls. GBO. Buying or selling a home can be a nightmare to do on your own or without the right help, which is why you need Lauren Foster. Lauren has been serving the North Georgia and Lake Lanier area for over five years. She is also a member of the KWC Million Dollar Club, meaning she's really good at finding your dream home. Certified and ready to serve Georgians all over Forsyth, Hall, and Dawson County. Contact Lauren Foster today at laurenfoster1 at kw.com. Again, that email is laurenfoster1 at kw.com. Give her a call or a text, 770-480-8009. Again, that's 770-480-8009. Your realtor for the North Georgia area, Lauren Foster, proud sponsor of Pandemonium Reigns.